Welcome back to the Narrow Walk Podcast. It has been a very long time, I think like a month since I came on here. The last episode was my testimony. If you have not seen that yet, please, please, please go watch it. I am so grateful for everybody who has watched it, shared it, commented, took an interest in it, and has just been blessed by it. I'm grateful for the response that it had. It freed me in so many ways. It freed so many people in so many ways, and I believe that it will continue to do so. Um, Today, this is the part two of that testimony. I did promise that. I said it was not going to... You weren't going to have to wait too long. I'm sorry. I lied. I apologize. (laughs) But now we're here. Today, we're going to talk about music's agenda. So I just want to, before we get in, obviously, always debrief. Ask how you guys are doing. You can sound off in the comments. I want to make this a message of encouragement to those who are watching this because I feel like the Holy Spirit is trying to say something here. The things that you're holding on to is not good for you. It's not. God has something so much better for you. And if you let go of those things, God will give you the things that are actually beneficial to you, are actually going to... The Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. So God is really going to bring you to the goodness in due season, but you have to let him. You have to let go of those things. And I know it's easier said than done for me. I what I've been doing every single day, and this is just a tip and a trick for you guys. Continuously, every single day, constantly reminding yourself and confessing, Lord, I submit my will to you. I allow you to have your way over my life, have your will over my life, whatever you want to do. I come to you again, bearing all, releasing all. I place it at your feet, all the control, all the manipulation, all the micromanaging. That's truly what it is in our hearts. We don't see it like that, but the Bible says our hearts are deceitfully wicked who can know it, but God knows it. We talked about that in uh, Armor of God Part 2. At the end of the day, you have to continuously submit your will back to God's will and allow God's will over your life. So daily confessing that, like confessing that day, like, Lord, I give you everything today. I I, I release control. I allow you to do what you need to do in my life today and in the lives of others around me. And making that your daily prayer, you'll start seeing that change. It's going to be a lot more easier to let go in this season, at least. (laughs) Obviously, more seasons are going to come. We're going to have to let more things go. Things that maybe God even gave you. And you're going to have to exchange them for the greater things that he has for you. So, yeah, don't know where that came from, but the Holy Spirit clearly wanted to say that. So release, control, let go, guys. All right. So I want us to remember what this podcast is about. I believe that Jesus can and will set you free from anything and everything. He desires to be with us so much that he lived a sinless life. He died a brutal death on the cross of Calvary, bearing the sins of the world. And in John three seventeen, it says, so that the world might be saved. Fully knowing that you could reject him and not choose to give your life to him, he obeyed his father in order for your salvation to be secured. So the whole point of this, the whole point of the podcast and the purpose of life in general <laughs> is that we complete the will of the father for our lives is that we come back into full relationship with him like we had in the garden we were walking and talking with god right and if you're unfamiliar with this podcast i'm going to restate the goal again the goal of the podcast is to keep us on the narrow way that leads to eternal life with bible studies testimonies discussions sometimes i'll talk about dreams sometimes i'll talk about visions sometimes i'll mention prophecies that i have released in the past or prophecies that god has given me personally but it wasn't time to release yet until I came on the podcast. So we'll discuss a lot of that stuff, but this is all to encourage us to keep the faith and walk in righteousness. So now um, the first response to this topic is typically controversial views. The reason why I say this is because on the internet, there's a lot of conspiratorial outlook on the subject because a lot of conspiracies and lies and exaggerations come out of the discussion like this. And it's all based on where you get your information from, essentially, as well as the intention behind having this discussion. So I tend to see a lot of fear mongering surrounding this topic on both the believer and the non-believer side of the internet today. And we're not doing that. We're going to be speaking on truth and the word of God, we're gonna be speaking on my personal experiences and God's heart and opinion on it. I believe a good portion in exposing music's agenda is pushed and mixed in with the enemy's agenda 
to confuse those who believe that they're enlightened with this information and to stand in fear and do nothing positive or impactful about it. So there's a lot of people who tend to take a lot of the QAnon stuff, a lot of the conspiratorial stuff on the internet, and there's no biblical basis behind it. Um, and clearly, you know, these people are not really, you know, Christian or they don't believe in God or, you know, they don't have a relationship with God. They're not caring to get to what God's heart is on the matter. However, there is a lot of people who do come out of jumping down like conspiratorial rabbit holes and they're just searching for the truth and they end up finding Jesus. But a good portion of it is not like that. And God wanted me to reiterate that because a lot of people tend to, you know, you see those videos on the internet where people have a conspiracy theory that they talk about they put the spooky music in the background and they don't talk about anything that is encouraging outside of the fact of like okay this person is so and so or this person does this or behind the scenes this is what they actually do but there's no encouragement there's no prayer there's no light at the end of it it's just darkness and that's what satan tends to make it into he makes it into a mockery and spins it either way you look at it on one side, there's those who truly believe that there's an agenda being pushed, but they're called crazy and conspiracy theorists. And on the other side, there's those who don't believe, but they use conspiracy theories for clicks and views because fear sells. So either way, it's spent into a mockery because I feel like at some point they're not really conspiracies when it comes to this topic there's truth behind this topic. However, the enemy wants to make you think that it's a conspiracy and then think two of one thing. So he wants you to think that some of these people who are exposing this, releasing this information are crazy, or he wants you to think that some of these people don't really believe what they're believing, but they're doing it just to make money, which is actually a truth. Like I see a lot of people who really don't believe behind a lot of what these artists, you know, do behind the scenes or what these, you know, actors and celebrities and people in government and people in everyday society do. But they talk about it as if they do and they make money off of it. So either way, the enemy's just trying to make a mockery of it and get you not to believe the truth. Today, we are going to get you to believe the truth, whether you like it or not. Discernment is crucial for this topic because God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. We must filter everything through the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to know this information and not know what to do with this information. For you to know this information and know what to do is a true mark of a believer and the distinction between an unbeliever and a believer. First Corinthians 8.1 says, Knowledge puffs up, but loves builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. But the man who loves God is known by God. So you're going to always know the difference and the distinction between the love of God outpouring through whatever information you're receiving, whatever... Uh, Simon, the person's trying to push out agenda, this person's trying to push out, like, is God's love found there? Is God's truth found there? Is God's righteousness found there? If it's not, then we could test it and see where is this coming from? The nuances to this topic are so widespread. We just want to get you back to going to the Holy Spirit about all things, okay? The Holy Spirit can inspire me to share his thoughts, his hearts, his beliefs, but I'm not the Holy Spirit to you. Like I said earlier, everything should be filtered through the Spirit of God. So test everything here, even the things that I'm saying, even the past episodes that I made, everything. Test everything. Test everything that you receive, you see on the internet. Do not just take it word for word and think that, you know, this is what we're going to roll off of now. This is our life motto. No. So that's what we're addressing today, the heart of God concerning this issue. As I mentioned, we really don't have to tread the grounds of conspiracy and allegations of devil worshiping in the age of contemporary art. Why is this? First Corinthians 6 verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins and goes against his own body. Today, we're going to talk about sexual immorality in today's music. I spoke with a couple friends the other day concerning why in the word of God, God uses the language like flee, resist, run, gouge out, cut off when describing our relationship with sin, the world, and the devil. Even to those who partake in sin and partake in the body of Christ, Jesus writes in Revelations that he will vomit them out of his mouth. 
Um, so it's it's a, an aggressive, more visceral term, something that is going to be, you know, legit cutthroat. It's there's no if or ands or buts about it. There's no gray space. It's very distinctive. The directness of it is needed for the Lord to articulate the severity of sin and Satan and how we cannot play with both of them even for a little bit. Today's music expresses a hyper-sexualized nature that we can argue has always been in mainstream music because it has been, but the accessibility of this music to kids might not has always been there, right? So nonetheless, whether an adult or a child is listening to this type of music, it encourages to a sin that we're told to flee from according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Music affects us on such a greater level than many of us would like to admit. For most people, it invokes all kinds of emotions, it's like sadness, to joy, to fear, to love, to anger, to etc. Just as much as it does this to our emotions, it also impacts and influences our will in the things that we do on a daily basis. So it is crucial and it's beneficial for us to know what we are intaking lyrical content wise musical content wise all of that stuff i watched a testimony that if i could find it i will link below this was a woman who claimed that she would cheat on her husband and every time that she would do so she would go out and play trey songs and beyonce before to get her hyped up or amped up to do the action that she knew was wrong but and didn't really want to do but did it anyways and i want to make a disclaimer obviously we're not blaming trey songs and beyonce as the sole cause of her making decisions that greatly affected her marriage right she chose to make those decisions however they encouraged her to these actions that she later regretted through the lyrical content of sexual immorality in the music understand that through the lyrical content through the musical content that they would display and that she would go to immediately when she felt like she was doing something bad, it would give her that encouragement, that boost of dopamine and adrenaline to be like, okay, I'm gonna go do this, even though I know it's wrong. Just as we find music to study to, just as we find music to sleep to, just as we find music to work out to, there's a plethora of categorical music that varies from sleep to motivation to active movement. And of course we know this, if you're an active listener to music, you probably have a playlist for most in every action. So where does sin come into play concerning this? One of the most effective types of temptation for sexual sin is music. Sexually explicit music is not new, nor is it a shocker in today's music. However, it is not edifying or beneficial for the believer who is told to flee from sin. While all believers are called to flee from sexual sin and explicitly sexual music shouldn't be in any of our music libraries, it definitely should be cleared out of the libraries of the believers who struggled with past sexual sin. I cannot emphasize this enough. If lust <laughs> and perversion were your enemies of the past, keep them that way. Do not make friends with them. And the music you listen to and the shows you watch and the movies you watch, sometimes we can't help it. Like, for example, I went to go see a movie the other day with a friend of mine and a scene popped up and I was like, I was not expecting that. I really enjoyed the movie. I don't feel like those scenes were needed and it was obviously sex scenes. I was able to shut my eyes and close my eyes as quick as possible. But we, we, you know, at some point it's surrounded by us in society, but we have to not only invite God into everything that we're doing so we can be aware of what we're intaking, but we also want to be covered and protected um, and really guard our eyes, guard our hearts, guard our minds, um, guard our ears from anything that is not of God that we're intaking inside of us. Um, so, Sometimes you can walk into a trap of the enemy and hear something that we don't necessarily want to hear. For example, on social media, every single day, there's a new song that's come out from so-and-so artist, a new rapper, a new R&B singer, whatever, and it might have explicit lyrics in it. And you might be wanting to watch a tutorial on how to change a tire, and the song is in the back of this video. Mute it immediately. Don't wait two seconds. Or if you can, skip it and find another video. These are little tips and tricks and little uh pivots that you can make instantly so you could train your mind you could train your flesh to obey the spirit that's what we're trying to do here 
It's an immediate open door to return to lustful thoughts and desires you put away from your flesh if you open these doors back up through music, through movies, through TVs, through video games. It's literally in everything nowadays, guys. I have a similar story to the woman that I shared earlier. I would listen to music anywhere from R&B, pop, hip-hop, etc., all types of genres. I used to really love alternative and all pop, rock, stuff like that. Um, but they were all used to get me through to committing sins that I knew I wasn't proud of. I would at times even use the music to drown out the voice of God. And for those who are prophets or people who hear from God, you know how arrogant one has to be to drown out the voice of God before committing a sin. But his dedicated love for his children uh, runs so deep. He knows that sin separates us from him and it removes his grace from us so that he goes out of his way to warn us before committing these sins. So in the midst of me drowning out his voice, at certain times, I'll give you an example, I'll give you a testimony. There will be certain times where it's like, I, I'm going to do something I know I'm, I'm not supposed to do, whatever it is, think in your mind. Play the music to get me through committing that sin. And in the midst of me even playing the music, or say before I would play the music, the Holy Spirit would play gospel or Christian or worship music in my mind. And I like, it would be so loud and blaring that I could not really get through the sin if I tried. So I would have to play like worldly music or music that encourages the sin that I was getting ready to do so I can kind of get through that action without feeling guilty. That's what I'm talking about. Some of you might hear a loud voice or you might feel a pit in your stomach or you might get overly sick. You might have these different types of manifestations and you could tell that this is God because God will, it's before you're getting ready to do the sin. It's before you're getting ready to do the action that you feel wrong about, that you feel like God is trying to pull you away from. It's most likely God trying to get you from committing that sin. God trying to keep you away from falling down that rabbit hole. God trying to protect you from the action that you're getting ready to do. So like I said, manifestations can be in so many different ways. There's so many different things and I, I could get into the, into this episode, but it would make it longer than it has to be. And there's a lot more things we have to get through, but I'll probably talk about it in a later episode. But in, for me, in my way, like I said, it would be God would play blaring gospel music. Now I'm telling you not like on the radio, like he would randomly just play it on my TV. No, I'm talking about in my mind, like songs that I would know or sing to him. He would just play it in my mind or he would speak to me directly. But most of the time it would be through music that he would combat the music I was listening to with gospel music in my mind to get me to be convicted about committing the sin that I'm about to commit, right? So God gives us his holy law to protect us from evil and the evil results of sin. While you might just think that it's just a song or an album or a concert, it's way more than that. It's the opportunity for bondage to the enemy and a possibility of separation from God. Even those who might say, well, these songs don't cause me to sin. I just like the beat or the lyrics or the singer. I would say to you, what are you training your mind to obey? So I said this earlier. What are you training your mind, your flesh to obey, your soul to submit to? Are you training your soul to submit to what your soul is, your mind, your will, and emotions? We talked about this in previous episodes. Are you training your will to submit to your flesh or your will to submit to the spirit of God that lives within you? So we're going to go to Daniel 3. Daniel 3. Some of us might know this um, story very well. It's about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace um, and how they were faithful in their service to God and did not bow to the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. The gist is King Neb made a statue for all of Babylon to bow to when the instruments were played. And I'm just going to read it out, a portion of it here. The herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, all sorts of musical instruments, bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the blazing fiery furnace. So the sound of the musical instruments, all um, at the sound of the musical instruments, all people, whatever their race, their nation, or their language was bowed to the ground and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. I want to highlight two things here. The first one is people of all races and nations and languages had to bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. 
despite the apparent language barrier in the nation of Babylon. Nation of Babylon obviously was a culmination of a bunch of nations and peoples because the nation of Israel was in the nation of Babylon at a point in time. Um, and they were all still required to bow under one command given by the herald. So despite the language barrier that could have been there, essentially, um, if we all know the story of Babylon, the original story of Babylon, where God scattered them among each other in their languages and they didn't understand each other because they all wanted to ascend up and, you know, go to the heavens. That's a whole nother deep study for a whole nother reason. Um, but that's essentially the gist of the original story. In this nation, clearly, the text shows us that they were all of different languages and all of different nations, but they were all under one subjection to one rule and one command, which was King Nebuchadnezzar. And under that rule and under that command, not only of the command of you shall bow, but it was under the command in the guise of music. So I want us to look at this deeper. The point two that I was trying to make was... At the sound of the musical instruments, all people, whatever their race, their nation, or their language was, they had to bow and worship the gold statue to King Nebuchadnezzar, the one that he has set up. So the story has been revisited to me in a greater understanding of music being used as mind control. Have you ever heard the um, saying that music is the universal language? We actually see this taking place in the first time in scripture where King Nebuchadnezzar threatens all people in the nation of Babylon to worship his statue to a soundtrack created by his band. This shows us that the power of music is way greater than we could understand. Given that he could have given a single command, which initially he did, the command was given by the herald. Um, but at the same time, the command was under the guise of music. Um, he chose for all to yield to the sound of music in their actions of obedience. And I'll say that again, their bodies yielded to the music under, with the action of obedience. So whatever the musical content you're intaking in, in your flesh, I want to just bring this back to what I was talking about earlier concerning music and its effects on us, right? Whatever musical content you're intaking in, your flesh will eventually yield to. I feel as if... A lot of us know this. Some of us don't care. <laughs> so we're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper until we do. I just feel like to say that because I, I feel like some, some, some people know this. Some people know the music that they listen to is bad, but it's like they don't have any other options or any other alternatives. And we're going to give you that as well at the end of this episode. Don't worry. But you need to understand that there is biblical context behind um, worship behind music and behind submission and obedience. We see here in Daniel 3 that it's not a new thing that when music is played, people want to dance. When music is played, people want to bow. When music is played, people want to scream and shout. Um, David danced to music, undignified, the Bible describes it. There is a connection between music and the way that we essentially move, essentially respond to it, right? There's a greater understanding behind it. But it was a universal language at that time for everybody to understand. Once these instruments start playing, you bow to the statue or you get thrown into the fiery furnace. So we're moving on to idolatry in today's music. There's several different ways I can steer this conversation. However, I choose to steer it in the direction of lyrical content. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Question number one, what is your music causing you to meditate on? And this is a genuine and serious question. When I used to listen to a lot of secular artists and most songs I would listen to, it would lead me towards thinking about a lover, an ex, a crush, a person I've hooked up with in the past, just being transparent. That's the music that most of us, well, I hope most of us believers don't listen to nowadays, but, but most of us in the past might have listened to, or most of you watching this might still listen to, and it might get you through your emotions. But we're going to touch on that a little bit later. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole yet. I also was a very big fan of ballads and somberly written songs, but most would be about a relationship or would push me into depression, grief, frustration, anxiety, etc. Even most recently, there's been popular songs that have arised from a popular artist that I thoroughly used to enjoy. Um, 
And I feel like at times the lyrics won't be like as bad as I thought it would be, but it still is not edifying to my soul or it's not glorifying God. If it's not one of the two things, I just don't, I don't entertain it, right? Obviously I spoke on earlier explicit and sexually explicit songs that these would cause me to either idolize a person, a feeling or a thing. Examples would be X, an ex, sadness, money, sex, alcohol, addiction, um, which wasn't true, which wasn't noble, which wasn't right, which wasn't lovely, which wasn't admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. So you see where we're making this connection here. Um, the music that you're meditating on is essentially going to get you to meditate on the thoughts and the feelings of what is written in a song. We can say like, oh, the beat is fire. Yeah, the beat is fire. The production goes crazy. Maybe it does, and a lot of times it do. But <laughs> what are they saying? Because at the end of the day, that is gonna be playing in your mind. Yeah, the beat will be playing with it, but the lyrical content is going to be there. It's gonna be stuck. It's gonna be implanted in your heart. A lot of these artists know this. A lot of these labels know this. Some don't. Some are just like oblivious to it, but a lot of them do, and that's why there's a certain agenda they try to push out and they try to get you to tag on and stream and do all this stuff for it because they know what their mission is. We gotta know ours as well. And now you're disobeying God. If these things are not aligned in what you're meditating on, now you're disobeying God and his word, which opens you up to all kinds of spirits and spiritual influences, especially in your mind. So this is where you're gonna find grief, depression, sadness, or this is where you're gonna find all this lust just bombarding your mind. It could be for a plethora of other reasons. You can ask the Lord what it might be. But if we're talking on the subject of music here, if you are still entertaining this type of content, you're eventually going to be open up mentally to these spirits. So, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, sometimes watch this and don't really believe in the spirits thing. You know, I don't really care. I'm going to tell you what the truth is and what the word of God says. And it says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind. So if the word says that he did not give us that spirit of fear and a show or a movie or a song is causing us fear, is causing us fear of losing a loved one, fear of losing a relationship, fear of losing a job, there's an issue there, right? It's opening us mentally. And this is where you're getting all that mental warfare. Some of you might be getting heavy mental warfare. You don't know where it's coming from. Check your music library. Check the last five played songs on your Spotify. That might be the cause of why you are getting so much mental warfare. You're opening up your mind to meditate on things that are not pure, not true, not right, not lovely, not admirable, not excellent, not praiseworthy. And trust me, it's easier said than done. I'm going to help you guys out. I'm going to link some playlists that I made below, some artists that I think are um, tested from the Holy Spirit by me. Um... But I want you guys to understand that we got to start somewhere. And it starts with deleting the music that is causing us to disobey the word of God. That's where it starts, right? So it's like you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You can't have the world and have God at the, at the same time. You just can't. I also want to make a side note. Some artists, oh, and this is, this is about to be a good one. This is about to be a good one. Some artists claim that they make music like these eight attributes when they do not, okay? And I get very passionate about this because I fall a victim to this in the past. This is why I say test everything and bring it before the Lord and pray on it. Thoroughly until you receive an answer. Thoroughly. Thoroughly until you receive an answer. Some things just require wisdom and common sense. And some things require an extensive prayer, an extensive wait on the Lord time, whatever it might be. There's a few R&B artists, especially today, this is just an example, are subject to new age practices in African spirituality. In the past, it used to be a few. Nowadays, it's almost like every single one of them. And I'm talking about the female R&B artists. Now, we could get into the male R&B artists, we could get into the male rappers, we could get into all of that, like, I'm not trying to call out the female R&B artists. I'm just calling out specifically what I used to engage in, what I used to listen to, what I used to like a lot. A lot of these female R&B artists, okay, they will literally show you that they serve these idols from these African spiritualities, from these new age practices, from these ancient religions, 
that are directly go against God because God says, have no other God before me. But if you are worshiping this artist or you're listening to this artist or you're engaging with this artist, you are essentially worshiping or giving into their idol. That's what is happening because this artist is serving their idol. This artist is making music unto their idol. A lot of artists are doing that. I used to have a friend who used to make music um, unto an African deity. I think they were Yamaya. I think that's what they call them. But the like it's it's not just like big artists, guys. It's everyone. Like it's it's a it's a new movement and. Yeah, we'll just get into this. You won't ever have to go to a concert. You won't ever have to buy their merch. You won't ever have to do any of those things. You can literally see it on their Instagram. You can see it in their music videos. For some, you could just search up the lyrics and you will see that it doesn't take much to recognize who's of God and who's not. Some will disguise themselves as angels of light, but they're full-blown witches. Do your research and pray. That's all you need to know. Do your research and pray because... A lot of them are popular. A lot of them here on the radio. A lot of them are going on some of the biggest tours of the year. And they are serving and worshiping false idols, false gods, demons. Like we spoke about in last episode of the episode before that. I'm not going to let my foot off this neck because it needs to be known. This is what we are not supposed to do as Christians. We're not supposed to align ourselves with this. We serve God and God and him alone. So that brings me to question number two. Who made the music that you're listening to? This matters. This is something that the Holy Spirit fully has to show you. Um, there's even been recent Christian artists and that the Holy Spirit has highlighted to me. Uh, to stop listening to their music, honestly. And it's because of their rebellion or their disobedience or whatever the reason the Holy Spirit would prompt me to stop listening to their music for. It's just not the secular artist, guys, and it's just not the secular music, and I don't even believe in that as well because, you know, many of us know secular don't even really mean ungodly. It just means not religious. So happy birthday is a secular song but we all sing happy birthday and happy birthday is not satanic that makes sense so it's like we're not calling secular music good and gospel music holy and all christian gospel music is holy and all secular music is bad that's literally a lie from the enemy that's something that the enemy wants to trick you to make you think as well it's what is god pleased with what is god blessed by you're singing unto him right so even some christian and gospel songs like are you singing unto him? Now, some of them are not directly made for that. Some of them are made for encouragement and edification of the body of Christ, which is what we're called to do. That is fine. I mean, I don't see any issue wrong with that. I love a good encouraging song, a good faith-based song that's going to push me forward in my walk with Christ. But we want to make those distinctions. We want to make an understanding of like, what are we engaging in? Who has made the music we are worshiping God to? So that's important. Um, and some of us, like like I said, it's not to be paranoid or cynical, but it is to be prudent as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. So I shared it on Prophecy that you can find on my personal YouTube that I will link below. Um, we must honor God even in the musical content we consume. A lot of artists are enemies of God. So we were at a point in time, but we are not anymore. We are friends of God now. So we shouldn't act like one or talk like somebody who is an enemy of God. Or we shouldn't be conformed to this world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is good and what is acceptable and what is the perfect will of God. That's Romans 12, 2. We should encourage and support the art. Um, we shouldn't encourage and support the arts of those who are enemies of God because friendship with the world is enmity with God. That's James 4, 4. So that leads us to points number three or chapter number three, worship him in spirit and in truth. So this comes from John four twenty three, and it says, but there is a time, indeed it is here now when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Jesus says this, the father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. Question number three, why do you worship him? And I'm going to lead us to another passage of scripture. This comes from 1 Samuel 16, verse 14 to 17. And we're going to shoot down to 23 after. The spirit of the Lord had left Saul and the evil spirit from the Lord was terrifying him. 
It's an evil spirit from God that's frightening you, Saul's officials told him. Your majesty, let us go and look for someone who is good at playing the harp. He can play for you whenever the evil spirit from God bothers you and you will feel better. All right, Saul answered. Find me someone who is good at playing the harp and bring him here. Verse 23, whenever the evil spirit from God bothered Saul, David would play his harp. Saul would be relaxed and feel better and the evil spirit would go away. This brings us to another point. Like I said, the question, why do you worship him? Many people love gospel music and Christian music because it reminds them of a family member's prayers or it reminds them of Sunday morning or it simply brings them peace and they go no further than that. The Holy Spirit wants to bring up how a lot of the cosplaying of gospel music and um, more distinctly... I would say choirs or, um, you know, old Southern Black Baptist music, Pentecostal music has been used and interwoven into today's culture. So you'll see like a whole, I'm just going to be real guys. And you know, you know, I don't hold back on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> I can't, I can't miss my words. A whole Black choir behind somebody singing about walls coming down search up the lyrics it's you know i won't name artists or you will hear a black choir in the background but they're led by somebody who's not really you know for god you'll see the culture use christianity gospel music worship music as essentially a not a mask or disguise but more so cosplaying it right they're cosplaying it up um because they like how it makes them feel they like how it makes the audience feel they want to reach a broader audience because of it they'll even team up with oh ah the shoulder babashi they'll even (laughs) they'll even team up with christian and gospel artists to make their point get even like more across the line. Like, see, I'm for y'all. I'm on y'all side. And they all do it for the feeling, for the for the joy, for the peace that it might bring them and make feel them secure in their sin. And they're just like, you know, I'm I'm praising, I'm worshiping God, and and I'm lifting up his name, and I'm having a choir in the background, and I'm singing about joy. Um, and God is not there. God is nowhere to be found. And that is the importance of this. That, that's what I want you to understand. There's a song by Matt Redman that says, The Heart of Worship. I want to read these lyrics. Listening to the lyrics like without it being sung and just hearing. This is why I'm saying lyrical content is so important. It's hearing it is is really pushing and, and revealing the meaning and the revelation behind the song. The song says, When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth, that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the ways things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. So we make it a lot of other things at times. Gospel Christian music will do this. People in the secular realm will do this. They will make um, the cosplay of gospel music greater than God. They will put on a show um, with gospel music, with worship music, with a whole choir, with a whole, you know, uh, cultural reference, but they will never, ever point the glory back to the one we're singing about originally. They will never give him the praise because that's who we, that's where this culture has came from. The culture of gospel and worship music, the culture of old black Pentecostal and old black Baptist music, Southern black Baptist music, the way that we sing, the way that we emote, the way that we, we praise, that's all based on the worship of God. We're all directing it to the glory of God. But a lot of people will take that culture and they will strip it down. And they will just make money off the culture because they know the culture is profitable or they'll make money off the cosplay because they know the cosplay is profitable, but they will never, ever give the glory to God. Relationship with the feeling, right? So people have a relationship with the feeling instead of a relationship with God himself. There's an epidemic of people who have a relationship with the feeling that gospel music and Christian music gives them. 
but they have no relationship with the one who they're singing about. It's apparent in today's age. I mentioned earlier how gospel music can serve us as being edifying and encouraging to those who are in need, but it's a crutch to those who are in need of a real relationship with God. True worship doesn't require a song, even though beautiful worship can usher in the Lord's presence. Jesus shows us in John 4, 23, the Father is looking for authentic worshipers who aren't in need of a temple or music to worship, but who can worship him from their hearts and their spirits. Today's issues are resolved by putting band-aids on gunshot wounds. The gunshot wound is sin. And the band-aid is unsubmitted, uncommitted relationships with God. Relationships where they're just cheating on God. They have all these other gods and they have all these other things that they go to other than God. The Band-Aid is a teary-eyed worship session without any change or repentance. The Band-Aid is a visit to church once a month or once a year or every single Sunday without encountering the true Jesus Christ himself. It's religiosity. That's the Band-Aid. I want to make known that I've lived this life and I've lived it well. That's why I can speak on it so effectively and um, articulate it so well is because I've been here. I've been in the sobbing and worship sessions, the secret place without real change or without real transformation in my life or without seeking true relationship with God. And I want to make a point clear that sometimes there is a blockage there. There's sometimes a root of trauma or a wound that God wants to heal. That's why I spoke on the wounds. That's why I spoke on the gunshot wound is allowing him in to be the father that he so desperately desires to be in your life. And once you allow him to be that for you and heal that wound, you can truly have that relationship with him. So I've been there. I've done all these things. I've been to church every Sunday and not changed and lived a life full of sin. I've been sobbing in worship sessions and in, in services and, and you know, shouting and praising and going home into sin. I've, I've done it all. Um, and I just want to make it clear that I'm not speaking from a place of judgment, but a place of love. So I hope you guys can get that out of this. My question is, when are we going to let the great physician operate on us again? When are we going to allow God to remove the bullet, clean out the infection, and heal us completely? A revelation to Saul's issue is that he became addicted to the anointed gifting of someone's ability to alleviate the torment of the spirit that God gave him and only God could take away. What God wanted was Saul to come back to God. Not to go to David for the anointing, even though the anointing at times broke the yoke, the yoke came back. Why? Because God released that onto him. We remember earlier in that uh, chapter that we were reading, it was an evil spirit from God. The whole purpose was God's wanting or returning of Saul to him. David's playing ushers in God's presence and the same way worship music ushers in God's presence for us. But the Holy Spirit keeps God's presence there. If we want consistent peace and security, we want to keep the one who brings that. We don't do things that would remove his presence from us or grieve his spirit. So it's all about an authentic worship, an authentic relationship that keeps that peace, that keeps that assurity, that keeps that presence. When we leave that church building, when we leave that worship session, when we leave that worship concert, when we leave that worship night or that music turns off, what are we left with? Are we still in torment? Are we still in bondage? Are we still not fully set free. And the person that can set us free is Jesus. But we have to release our will to want to handle things on our own terms and release it unto him so he can actually set us free. And last but not least, we're going to talk about my testimony concerning music. So my story of repentance is legit. As y'all have known, I talk about it quite frequently here. Um, I used to go to concerts every time my favorite artists would come into town. I would spend money on tickets and gas to drive there, merch and stand up for hours on end, especially if the artist was late, which would be the case most of the time. I would lie to my parents. Sorry if you guys are finding out this way <laughs> where I was going. I mean, I, th I think I told them one time um, they did find out and then we had a conversation and yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, I, would lie I would lie to my parents about where I was going because they were extremely Christian. They are extremely Christian and would not be approving of any secular artist concert if I attended one. So when I worship, I think back to those times. All the time, y'all, I think back to those times, the times I would be spending time, money, energy, watching people who would never know I would exist in a crowd of people. Think about this. There are keyboard warriors out there for people who will never acknowledge them, who will never know their name, who would never know their existence. But 
there is a God who cares for me and knows me. And these same people will stand up on a stage and blaspheme the God that I care about. But you're warring for that person in the comments. I want you to think about that before you send a comment in, in my comment section about whatever favorite artist that I name dropped in this episode. Please think about that. There is a God that cares for you, that knows you, that has created you, and you are fighting on behalf of someone who will never know you. Beware of that, okay? I want to talk about my February testimony. There is a... Okay, so... Okay, how do I put this? I want to make this one quick because there's, there's two testimonies I have to actually talk about. One of them is which I was going to go to a Beyonce concert. Um, so many of you know she's on tour right now. Um, what's so crazy is recently she came to my city, I think like a couple days ago, um, literally down the street from me. And God gave me a dream about her being in my city. I didn't even know she was there. I didn't know she came. Like I thought she was coming later or coming earlier or something like whatever. But I, my mind wasn't set on that because, like I said, I've been going through a lot of transition and change and stuff like that. I don't care what celebrities are doing, <laughs> with all due respect. But I was like, you know, I had a dream and and it was it was very distinctive and it had you know God was speaking and stuff like that. I was like, what? But she was in my city. So, long story short, February, February, January. Um, I wasn't serving God. I was far from him. But I wanted to go to her concert. There was two things I wanted to do, actually. One of them was go to New York. I was planning to go to New York with a family member of mine. And then I was also planning to go to Beyonce concert. Two of these situations I inquired God on. And God told me, no, don't do any of these things. And that was the open door for him to come back into my life. Because that was essentially a chance of communication and relationship. I for the first time in months, in a whole year, I cared about what God had to say to me. I cared about what God had to, uh, his opinion on decisions I was going to make. And me and God were very close buddies, friends, besties. I always call him the Holy Spirit, my bestie. <laughs> but he was also my, he's also my father. He's also a judge. You know, he's also a king. You know, we also re re represent him and respect him in the ways that he is to multiple different facets and, and characteristics. However, God is also a friend to me. Um, and I pushed out my friend for a year, essentially. I, if you could think of it like that. I pushed out all opinions, all um, advice and everything. And then I finally came back around and then I opened up the floodgates for me to return back to him fully in repentance. And I did so. And yeah, so long story short, fast forward to March, I had a dream that Beyonce was in my house along with a whole bunch of people that I don't remember. I heard a voice on the side of me. Um, it could have been the Holy Spirit. It could have been an angel in the dream. Um, but the voice said, kick her out and kick everybody out. And I was like, okay, guys, time to go. <laughs> and I kind of did that thing where like, you know, you kind of don't want to tell people that you have, they have to leave your home, but they got to go. You know, that type thing. I did that type of voice. I'm like, time to go, time to go. So all the other people surrounding Beyonce, and they were laying on my bed comfortably, 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 right? Um, and I'm going to give the interpretation of this dream after. All the other people um, dispersed, like they disappeared. But Beyonce was the last one. She was coming out of my, the room, and I had to walk past her. And, and you know, you kind of do one of those where you don't trust people leaving your house type thing, like new guests or people that you don't really know like that. And you're trying to make sure that they don't steal anything on the way out. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I gave her. Like, I gave her that, like, okay, let, let me make sure you not, you know, like, so she's walking out of my house. This is all in a dream, by the way. Just clarify for people thinking something's wrong um <laughs> so basically she's walking out and then i was transported in the dream onto my front yard and i'm watching her leave and as she's leaving she's chanting oshun gets the glory oshun gets the glory da 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 if you don't know beyonce worships oshun ogun research it i'm not gonna you know I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything when the evidence is right there she clearly says it she does african spirituality um, she got her unk changed. She said all this stuff. It's in a song called Black Parade. Read the lyrics. You don't got to listen to the song. She, she she talks about what she does, right? She was saying, Oshun gets the glory, Oshun gets the glory. And she was looking at me and like, like starting to become ag aggressive. 
Um, and I was like, oh, not you coming out of my house and trying to worship some other God. So I said, no, Jesus gets the glory. Jesus gets the glory. So it kind of became like a showdown in the dream. And she was walking towards me. I was walking towards her. And then I started to back up because I was like, you get into a little too close for my liking. <laughs> and then I ran, like, ran back. Um, and I'm going to spare you the details of the rest of the dream because I want to make it a later point. But I want you to understand that her child, firstborn child, the little girl that was on the tour dancing, that one was also in the dream and she was also leading a charge of demons. So we're, I'm not going to get deep into it because I don't want to, you know, do too much, but I want you to understand the interpretation and the understanding of this dream. Let's, 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 let's back this up here. Cause I know a lot of people are going to hear names. They're going to hear celebrities. Gonna, their ears are going to perk up. They're going to become keyboard warriors. Like I was just talking about the home is a symbolization of me and my life and who I am. It's me. The, Bi the Bible calls us the temple of the Holy spirit. So a temple is a housing is a place for God. So the temple your temple, your temple is your house. This is where you live. This is where you reside. God's temple is us. He lives inside of us. When we give our lives to him, he fills us up. So our temple is our home, right? She was laying on my bed along with a whole bunch of other people. I assume there were celebrities or artists or people that I liked or people that I revered or people that I idolized. They were laying on my bed comfortably, meaning that they were comfortably in my life, being represented um, in a room that was my room, that was my bedroom, could be represented as my heart, right? Idols in your heart. The Bible talks about idols in your heart. She was laying comfortably there until God prompted me to tell them to go. Them leaving was them exiting. It's, it, it was an exodus out of my heart, out of my home, out of my life, out of my temple, out of my mind, out of my body. They no longer held regard as an idol in my life anymore. And directly after that, truth be told, I didn't care what that lady was doing. I used to care a lot what that lady was doing. However, God was showing me that she has exited my life as an idol. But as she was leaving, she was worshiping her God. She was showing and revealing who she always worshiped. So essentially, as she was chanting her God, worshiping her God, I was worshiping that same God. Because guess what? That lady was in my home. She was in my temple. She was in my house. She was in my heart. And I was revering her above God. And she was worshiping her God in my heart, essentially meaning I was worshiping her God too. Does that make sense? God made me recognize and realize that I am submitted fully to him after that dream. I, I, I've released that idol. I've released that relationship. But it, he also made me recognize and realize we have to be wary of who we consume as in terms of music, as in terms of movies, as in terms of anything. Be wary and test all things by the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of these people, a lot of these artists, they serve and they worship something else that is not our God. We have to come into that understanding. This is real life, guys. And I know the music we see today, and we we see it as so dark and demonic, and we wonder why it's getting worse. Is because time is running out. Jesus is coming back, and the devil is turning up the heat because he wants as many of us with him in hell as possible. I've seen the increase of promotions of transhumanisms in concerts and visuals and music. And that in itself is not a coincidence. I've seen it in so many concerts, like ridiculously, like let alone the witchcraft that's promoted in concerts and demonic idol worship and stuff like that. But transhumanism in particular, there's an amp and a ramp of that. I'm not gonna even get into the alien stuff. That's a whole nother conversation. We gotta get, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta split this up into multiple episodes at this point. But the transhumanism thing is I want to really, really talk about that because the Holy Spirit led me to write this. This is all about the preparation for the end times agenda ushering in the Antichrist. This is not a coincidence. It's a removal of the value of being a human being. It's mixing man with machine. And we could see this so evidently. Like a lot of celebrities are now using holograms and using robotic. They, like they're just doing a lot of mixing man and machine and AI and it's a lot of stuff that is like starting to devalue the human and, and uphold the machine, right? Um, or mix them together. That's why it's important for us to be the light and the salt of the world and to not be conformed to this world and love one another 
as we love ourselves, but also love the sinners most of all. Show them Christ through the actions and not just our words. And to wrap up this episode, I want to encourage each and every single Christian creative that is making music unto the Lord. Do not stop. Please keep going. Keep being a blessing to those who you're called to reach. Keep improving in levels of excellence. Continue to submit your production, your lyrics, your vocals, your BVGs, your compositions unto the Lord. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, Matthew 5, 16. Keep reaching the lost because they need to hear your sound. And I just want to say thank you to all who are watching. I appreciate every single one of you for watching this episode. You don't understand how important you are to the work that God is doing here and those who encourage me in the comments and I see them. I've, I've read a lot of the comments and a lot of them are encouraging and blessing and 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 were just amazing and, and a lot of you were touched by it and encouraged by it and I thank you so much and I just want you all to be encouraged and blessed by this as well. Like I want to show you that it's not just about the music. It's not just about, it's about the mission. It's about what we're called here to do and what we're called to um, be in this earth. It's about our purpose and it's about what we are doing for God. That's what's going to last. I always tell you guys that. So I thank you. This was an intense episode um, for me at least because I simply take breaks in between recording, but this was just one long recording and I just didn't stop because I just felt the move of the Holy Spirit. So I just kept pushing out and saying things that God wanted me to say and share. Um, I thank you guys so much for being a blessing. I'm going to leave playlists down below. I'm going to try to make some for every platform if I can. The main ones I know are Apple Music, Spotify, and YouTube Music. I have YouTube Music. I love YouTube Music. But um, if you don't have any of these platforms, I will try to make some for you on whatever platform you have whether it's like title or whatever just leave it down below and just let me know and then i will try to make those playlists there as well because what i'm trying to do is for a long time i've been a stan i've been a fan i've been a die hard ride or die for my favorite artist and what i'm trying to be now is a ride a die hard ride or die for jesus so if there's an artist that you guys know, that you want to promote, who promote Jesus, who loves Jesus, who encourages the body of Christ. You know, the music doesn't have to say Jesus's name 20 times. You know, a lot of people like to be like, you know, over religiously, overly religious about it. It doesn't have to say Jesus's name 20 times, right? Um, but it can be edifying to the body of Christ. Leave it down below and I will filter to the comments and I'll see who you guys recommend and stuff like that. And I'll try to add it to the playlist. Um, and I'll try to just make a narrow walk playlist, just one playlist with a bunch of amazing artists, um, new artists, young artists, fresh artists, uh, a bunch of seasoned, well-valued artists in the music industry and the body of Christ who have been here for a long time. I love my Fred Hammonds. I love my Donna McClurkins. Um, I was raised on a lot of that. I have a lot of those, you know, in my heart as well. So I want you guys to get a, a variety of mix of songs of different cultures too. I love Nigerian worship music. Yes. Oh my gosh. Y'all know how to worship. Thank you to all the Nigerians who watch my podcast. Shout out to y'all. Y'all know how to worship. I'll list all them below. I'll try not to forget anybody, but if I do, I'm going to add it over time. And the next episode is going to be very, very special. I'm excited. Hopefully everything goes well with it. I'm praying into it and I pray that you guys will not have to wait on it as long. I won't make any promises, but I don't think you're going to have to wait on it as long. In fact, like it literally might be this episode and then that episode maybe like a week after. So it's no, not waiting two weeks or a month like last time. But um, I'm just very excited um, and I'm just so blessed to just have this podcast. And I just pray that you guys continue to share and like and comment and share it with people who need this and just continue to be a blessing um, to me and those around you. And I'm just going to leave us out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have shown us how to worship you in spirit and in truth, how to have a divine, um, real, honest, true raw authentic relationship with you not just something that is tied to music or the four walls of a church building but something that we can walk in daily god um we don't need to be connected to any sort of genre 
um, specifically to worship you, God. We can worship you in all sorts of forms and facets and different identities and musical abilities that you have given us. Bless those who are watching this with several different musical abilities and talents. Bless them with no, uh, realizing their identity and their uniqueness and their need in the body of Christ to share the gospel in the forms that you have called them to share it in. Bless the unbelievers on this podcast. I pray that they come to know you in such a specific, unique, divine way way. I pray that they encounter you, Jesus. I pray that, Father, you draw them to your Son in Jesus' name. Bless all the believers on this podcast. Move on their hearts to share this with those people that need it. Move on their hearts to be encouraged to listen to music that edifies their soul, but also worships you at the same time. Move on their hearts to bring them to a greater understanding and a deeper love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for watching. I will see you soon. I promise um, there won't be a holdout for this next episode. Maybe. But <laughs> if there is, I will come back with something. I'll, I'll do a double whammy. I'll do like two episodes in one. Um, but I thank you guys so much for watching this and sharing this and being just a blessing to this podcast. You just don't understand um, those who just left those sweet comments and has liked up and read up that video. Um, my last testimony. I appreciate you so much. And God bless you. And have a great day. Bye.